everyone, this is John. And this is Warius. And this is Ryan. And this is the Nintendo Show, the best Nintendo podcast on the internet. Uh, we are going to, it's just a random topic show. We're going to just riff about Mario. Mario came out, fellas. It did. did. Wes, we, all three of us own this game. We're all three going to be playing the same game in somewhat close proximity. This is, I don't think this ever happens very much outside of like Zelda and Pokemon. Yeah, but that being said, I, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> but you do, you do have it. Like it's funny because we're all like at, we're all like at different points in the game. Wes, you have it, have not started it. Ryan, you have started it, mm-hmm. and I finished it today. <laughs> oh, you already beat it. Yeah. yeah, me and well, me and Ripley have been playing in co-op quite a bit. I played probably a good like seventy percent of the game in co-op with her. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, that's, and then that's nice. And she she was like like getting into trying to collect everything because for the first half of the game, um, as it is broken up like a Mario game, we have your your different worlds and like your your castle at the end of each world. I every like uh, and it gives you like a, a progress like of your your collection of like the the wonder seeds if you got each level like the purple coins and if you've gotten to the top of the flagpole in every level and for the first couple of worlds like you know we'd miss something and she'd be like yeah we'll just go get it later and then by the time we got to the end of the game she's like no we we need to we need to make sure we get all those purple coins in this level we missed one so we'd have to go back and play through it again so you know, that we'd uh, every every day we'd like play through a world and then like um, when she was at school or when I was like on my lunch break at work, I would go through and like clean up and get the stuff that we didn't get. And then when we were back at home together, we'd play through another world and keep on trucking. And today... Be the final boss with her, like the two of you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it was a little bit of a cheaper win because in, in the last uh, area of the game, um, she decided she wanted to play as Yoshi. And you have all these different playable characters, Mario, Luigi, uh, Peach, Daisy, a couple of Toads, and you have like four different color Yoshi and Nabbit. And the difference between uh, Yoshi and the other characters is that Yoshi doesn't actually take damage. There's like knockback when Yoshi gets hit by an enemy, but Yoshi doesn't actually like... uh, Yoshi can't use power-ups like mushrooms and fire flowers and that. And uh, Yoshi also can't like... Uh, die by enemy unless like it's crushed by uh, a, like a giant boulder or uh, falling down a pit. Hmm. I haven't tried using them yet. Like, oh wait, so so you can fall down a pit and die, or you can get crushed by something and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, and you know, you, you can't have like fire flower Yoshi, or you can't have elephant Yoshi, and that's the trade off. Okay. Oh, okay. What about that Nabbit character? Isn't that like supposed to be the easy mode character as well? Yeah, uh, Nabbit, and I can't quite remember offhand because it's like an even easier mode than using Yoshi. But I can't remember what the distinction is between Yoshi and Nabbit. But one thing like that that got eliminated from the game, which is a bit of a bummer, is like there's no character-specific attributes. Like, uh, Luigi jumps higher and farther than Mario in some Mario platformer games, but doesn't have quite the same traction, so it's like you're running on ice. But in this game, all the different characters, the Toads, uh, Peach, Daisy, Mario, Luigi, they all have the same physics. Which, you know, it, it is fun when characters have their own little differentiations, but it's also... You know, understandable if they're going to have all these like cooperative elements to the game. That's like, no, everyone's just kind of at a baseline here. Just kind of pick your favorite, like who who you you like the the look of the best. 
Well, also, like, the levels are so deliberately made, like, they would have to tune, you know, every single level to whichever the weakest element of the worst character is. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, like, Toad was always good at, like, pulling stuff out of the ground. Like, I don't even know what Toad would be good at in this environment. But, like, you'd have to make it so that Luigi could always keep up. You'd have to make it so, uh, you know, what, Mario had enough hang time. You'd always end up, with, you know, tailoring the game to the worst attribute, frankly. That's like, a fair point. So, I think it's probably best that they just, like... And, and, you know, and you're not short of diverse items to to change the characters like so far i don't even know if i've seen them i've only seen probably half of them like for 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 reference i'm i'm 100%ing it and i've 100 100% world 1 and 2 um and i'm like oh yeah and 3 no i just got done with 3 too cuz nice. there's only like 20 of them i thought that was going to take longer than it did so i've done the first 3 so now i'm into sort of i guess what feels like the back half of the game which is probably going to be more like 60% of the game at any rate, I will say all that, but like, you got I have currently have the elephant, which you get right off the bat. I got the drill thing. They've got the bubble shooter thing, which is really cool. Um, on top of just your standard fire flower, unless I'm missing anything, I've I've unlocked a bunch of those standees, um, and I see that you're also going to get get like, looks like you're going to get uh, oh, and then the like the jumping thing. Like they've had some levels where that kind of turn you into the, some of the bad guys from the stages but mm -hmm. yeah it seems like there's maybe three or four others that I'll get along the way I guess as I progress through the rest of the, the back half of the game yeah the, I think the the big thing like the, the big like trailer moments from the from the game are the the wonderflower things all the, the different things that happen when you get that wonderflower and it's really fun from start to finish of the game because there's not a whole lot of times where they repeat different uh, effects of the wonder flower there are going to be times where you transform into something sometimes where the stage is going to change they're going to throw different obstacles in your way and it's always a nice surprise what they're going to do because it's unpredictable how it's going to change you or change the stage and we, we had a lot of fun you know and sometimes like the wonder flower is right there in front of you impossible to miss that's most likely how you're going to finish the stage and sometimes it's tucked away a little bit it was always fun finding the wonder flower because we'd be sitting there like oh no what's what's going to happen this time it's it's a nice element of surprise to the game that um it just didn't exist in in other mario games i was gonna say i think there's a bit of a a bit of wario land mm. in this game in, in which it's not so much tactical platforming it's smaller levels where you really need to make sure that you're interacting with your environment fully. Um, <clears throat> and the fact that they give you, you know, not, not only is it, you know, trying to get the perfect jump on the flags, but then you've got three of the purple coins that you have to find scattered throughout the level, and they're always hidden. Or, well, they're not always hidden, but they're always in some place that you have to kind of, like, think about how you're going to get to with the stuff that they give you in that level. And then, yeah, of course, those wonder seeds, which... Sometimes there's even hidden wonder seeds. They're not just the ones that you need to. Oh, and, and by the way, like as you were saying, like you get that first wonder seed, and then it un, it kind of changes the stage. And so much effort has been into every single one of those. There there has yet to be just like a where you feel like they phoned it in, and they're like, oh, I guess we got to have a wonder seed. Let's have it do this. Every one of them is is great. Yeah. Um. This this game is just really packed in so much content in spite of these being some of the shortest stages for a Mario game. How often do you get the Wonder Seeds? Every level. 
Every yeah, level. Got one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every single level has a wonder seed. And I, I really like uh, also appreciate how and Ryan, you've gotten to to World Three, so you're aware at this point that not every level ends with like traditional boss fight that you would see in a Mario game. They mix it up the way that you are uh, finishing off these levels. And like World Three in particular is is pretty much like no, you've overcome the platforming challenges, you've gotten to the end. Here you go, you've won. So you're not like fighting the the Koopa kids over and over again. You do have a couple of different fights against uh-huh. Bowser Jr., but it's it's uh, a lot different from where you're okay. Now you're in an arena and you're gonna jump on this thing's head three times and you're done. They um they they, well, took, they have, like, and they they have had those with a couple of the um the ships the Bowser ships that yeah. crash land and then you gotta fight them. Like I yeah. thought that was a cute touch that they're throwing that back to like Mario three. Yeah 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 and, and you know they. They were very like uh, uh, I don't know maybe bold is is the wrong word. They weren't uh, afraid to uh, be playful with it and mix up uh, your expectations for how Mario games are going to play out. Um, that's just a, for example, just the structure. You mentioned you're at World Three. What happens after you finish World One is you kind of get you put into this hub, and the hub is essentially oh, yeah, the pedal pedal aisles pedal aisles. Um, it, it's essentially another world, but you're not like progressing through it, and then when you're done with that one, move on to the next world. It's like no, you beat a few levels, and then you've opened up world two, and you actually go into world two, and you finish that, and then you back in the hub, do a couple more levels, go into world three, and you may maybe you've noticed this already since you're uh, done with world three, but then once you finish world three, it's like it throws you into the hub and says, okay, here's worlds four, five, and six. As long as you have enough wonder seeds, go to whichever one you feel like. Yeah, and I think that's cool that they did that. I mean, I, I was just planning to go through them sequentially anyways, but it's nice that they give you a little bit of variety and, and let you tackle it the way you want. And, you know, we're, like, my thinking is, like, they made the levels for you to play them, so just because you can skip levels, you can collect enough seeds to move past it without doing stages, it's like, well, why would you? You're right. You're skipping the game that they created. Right. Why would you want to skip any of these delightful levels? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have yet to have a level that... I, and I had, I've only had one level where I feel like I was straight up churning lives, where I was just losing a lot of lives. Pretty much every level has sort of been like a net life gain. So it's not hard, but there are a lot of really interesting objectives to achieve in every single level. And I appreciate the challenge. Like I think they're all really, really fun. Yeah, there were a couple of like in the uh, in the special world, you know, which which reminds me a lot of Star Road in Super Mario World. Um, in the special world, there are you, know, you got you got like a special world level for each like corresponding world, and some of those like you know you can go through like oh, four or five times before you finish it, and maybe a couple more times if you're going for all of like the the seeds and the coins. Well, you know, I, I think that they tuned it really really well and it's impressive that they they in the second half of the game they open it up and say okay you can pick your pick your next destination and you in a lesser game it would be a, a bit more laborious to tune the sort of difficulty to that point because usually you know when you're when you're doing like a platformer that uses sequential levels like okay we're going to get a little bit harder every time to present a challenge up until getting to the end but mario uh wonder they do such a good job of giving you these little objectives that are tucked away and having a couple of 
uh, levels a little bit more teeth in each world that it still feels like you're making progress it doesn't feel like stagnant in the difficulty level i think like the the wonder seats help a lot with that as well because you're getting a lot of variety to the levels absolutely any standouts like what's been your favorite uh, let's say up to world three just also you don't spoil anything but you know kind of within the first I would say that was probably the worst, like four or five hours of gameplay. So, so I don't spoil anything for Wes, and I'm not exactly sure. It. I'm not exactly sure what world this takes place in, so I'm going to keep it vague too, so I don't spoil Ryan either. But Ryan, did you get the Wonder Seed where you become a Goomba? I haven't got to that one yet. Oh, it, I don't think so. It, it goes to it goes to a place where you don't expect uh, mm-hmm. if if Mario becomes a Goomba. It's really really funny. I mean, does he have like the mustache and the hat like you would in Odyssey? Or oh, of course, yes, of yes. course, my mistake. <laughs> I, I Silly mean, like, me. They they do like such an amazing job with all like these different animations and characterizations of and the way like uh, 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 characters interact with different things when they're in different forms. Like when Mario's an elephant and he's going through a door, he gets a little bit stuck and has to wiggle through to fit. Uh, Mar- elephant Mario or any of the elephant characters can ride on a Yoshi and it's just massive compared to the Yoshi. And it, of course, uh, given that someone else is playing with you as Yoshi, Yoshi is not a character that you c- can get like a power up within the game. Um, someone else has to be that character in order to get that ride. But yeah. I do think it's worth I think it's worth noting because you were talking about the animations, like how much detail they've mm-hmm. packed into this. Um, not only is like the the world big and beautiful and colorful and vibrant, very detailed, but it's all of the little details. Like you could zoom in on, I mean, I don't, I haven't found a zoom feature, but if you, you could just sit there and look as closely at your character and there's take, take a so much, and zoom in. like, yeah, I mean, just so much like articulated movement with yep. it. You see them doing a lot of things and they're all very alive. Um, it's not just a bunch of like, you know, typical like bloxy pixels of them doing the same jumps or whatever. Which I think was one of the criticisms of, of New Super Mario, and we've probably mentioned this before, where I like the New Super Mario Brothers games, DS, 3DS, Wii, Wii U. All four of those games I think are really, really good, but they're very safe, especially in the way that they they animate and that they look. It's it's almost to the point of where they're sterile, where if, if you ask just anybody to make a standard Mario game it's going to look like that whereas in this one they, they get much more creative and like you're saying like uh, uh, kind of taking a page out of Wario where they allow themselves to be weird uh, and I think that's when Nintendo is at their best is when they just like uh, embrace the zaniness and like okay we're just gonna we're just gonna be dumb and silly for a little bit and people are gonna like it yeah um, and you know it, even to like I was really surprised it's the, the singing piranha plants which is literally the second level I'm like this is what you're bringing this early on in the game. It's like, that's an incredible sign that you're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff yeah. as you go through the game. And yeah, I have not found them repeating themes. Um, you know, they have a lot of interesting ideas with how they want to use those wonder seeds and change the format of the levels. Really cool new enemies to go up against while still seeing a lot of familiar faces like you said goombas are still there and the piranha like the piranha plants the flying fish all that stuff is still in the game there's still koopas you know it's just uh and, and you can a whole, kick a whole your, bunch of stuff and you can kick your shells up you can kick your shells up like you could in mario world yeah that's a very very nice that's a very very nice feature i think uh have you, have you looked at the reviews of this at all no not really 
it is like it's not even like universal acclaim it's it's like 99 out of 100 <laughs> everyone is in love with this game um and i can see why like there's definitely craftsmanship here it looks great this is one of the best mario soundtracks i've heard and mario is a franchise that's produced some of the best soundtracks in any video game um and i think you were saying you you worked like you know you're you're big in nintendo so you've worked through a lot of the wii u catalog and stuff like that and i think that you know when it came to the switch they started off really really strong with a mario game but it was more of the plat 3d platformer style I think it's been a long time, probably a really long time, since a lot of people have sat down and actually played, you know, a new, what feels like a new side-scrolling Mario game. And I think that they're, they're, they're feeling it again. They're seeing why they, why, why they love this and why it's the last one was uh, Deluxe U, and I still recommend that to people in the store. And Deluxe U was uh, the the port of the Wii U game. I think those those new Super Mario Brothers games are, are really quality platformers really really good but i think that you know the 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 art style and the fact that um the one for the 3ds and the one for the wii u came out in the same year they released both of those games i think it was 2012 and that was or maybe it was a no no it was 2012 um the fact that there was that much of that particular brand of mario back-to-back definitely soured people on that and i think that uh having this amount of creativity in a 2d mario game um especially after like that being the last experience of 2d mario really does a lot to to reinvigorate the series and reinvigorate people's interest in the the 2d platforming flavor of mario yep knocked it out of the park have you collected all your standees i've not gotten all the standees i still have a few to go there okay in the um in the spe- what is it, what do they call I don't know what they call it, the special world the, the, the secret world yeah because because if you as I understand if you just buy it you can either you can buy one for ten coins and if you've already got it it's just it's yeah. it doesn't remove them if you already have them I right. guess is what I'm trying to say so you've got like potentially a if you're getting down to the last handful like a one in four or one hundred and forty chance of getting the thing you're looking for but in the the special world they'll sell them mm-hmm. a unique one for a specific person for three hundred. Yeah. For, for thirty, for thirty. Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I've been doing that. I've flushed out. Yeah, I think that's Mario, the way to go. Peach, Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Daisy so far. I mean, especially once you get to the point where, you know, you, I've had to replay levels sometimes multiple times in order to get everything. So I, I built up a ton of those purple coins. So there, there'll be times where, I'm like, okay, I have eight hundred of these things again. Let's just go buy some standees. Yeah, they actually had a prompt in the game. Um, to be like, you know, you've sure got a lot of coins. Don't you need to spend some of these things? I guess because I was, if you know, if it was, I was getting pretty close to like, I, 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 I guess it's a thousand cap. Probably it stops oh, okay. at nine ninety nine. I would assume. Otherwise, why are they telling me? Um, the the other uses for these things are look, every shop uh, has a wonder seed they can purchase in every every world has a shop and every shop has a wonder seed. Uh, also, a badge you can buy a new badge in every shop in every world. Um, and then lives, which that's, that's the other thing that's a bit weird in this game that lives are even a thing still. I mean, I guess it's like a, a quick, easy way to like give out a reward for doing something that or for finding something that maybe you didn't expect to, to find or like have a tucked away area or have a reason to collect coins and coins are a good way for like leaving a trail to, to bring you somewhere. So 
from like a, a mechanical standpoint, like having a reward for doing these things makes sense. But like you can save at any point, like, and you get so many lives that they're like they're they're uh, meaning in like a way of uh, uh, having some sort of difficulty or having some sort of like gate to okay, don't lose all your lives or um, there's something something bad's gonna happen. Like it's it's completely obsolete at this point. Yeah, and like I said, there's only there have been some levels that are hard, but you still live through them. The only like there was one part. The only again, I only had one level where I was literally losing a lot of lives, and it was because I was trying to 100% it. And it's that level that has the timed platforms where you've got to do a lot of wall jumping. Oh, that was a good one. That was so um, good. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I kid you not, I think I went into it with maybe 30 lives, and by the time I was done, I think I had like 12. So I lost a lot of lives just trying to cook, getting all the collectibles and just making the jumps because, like, you know, because it, it, it's not even about it's not about how fast can you do it? Because if you do it too fast, if your tempo isn't just right with the stage, you're going to jump ahead and you're going to die. So you can't be slow, you can't be fast. You kind of got to kind of go with the tempo of the level, and that one was genuinely difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm sitting at somewhere around 30 lives currently, and that's without going back to try to find any and. There have been plentiful hidden one-ups and, you know, like the coins, the coins are everywhere. You're getting coins all the time. So I haven't needed to spend any of that purple resource on lives, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, it being a reward is nice because I remember like the original Mario when you were, you like jump on enough of the, hit enough of the Goombas with a shell, you get a life. You know, it's like a little extra. I haven't found uh, a, a level yet where you can do like a lot of bullet hops to just yep. rack up a bunch of lives. Um, you, you do, of course, like when you bounce on like eight or nine different enemies in a row, it, it starts churning lives for you. But I haven't found like the one place you can farm them yet. I mean, I bought a lot of lives early because it was before I discovered being able to buy like actual standees for 30 coins as opposed to like a, a capsule machine that just gives you a random one, even if you already have it, for 10. So I, I got up to like 99 lives, which is the cap just by purchasing them at that point. I've never dipped below 80 at this point. But the, the, those special world levels, especially that wall jump one, are really, really good and usually provide a pretty good challenge. Those are ones where uh, I don't play with Ripley because she, she gets she, she's pretty good at the game. But there are times where, especially when you're doing like these really fast platforming challenges where it's just difficult playing with two people um, because... You know, you don't like get in each other's way. You don't bump into each other in this game like you do in New Super Mario Brothers, which is good. I think it's a good change. Uh, but it, it also like swaps who the camera is following based on who died last. So the times like if if I fall into a pit, um, you know my soul starts floating around, has five seconds before it goes to hell, and you can like rescue each other so you can keep playing the game. Um, but it will swap, so then Ripley will be like the one the camera is following. And like I said, she's getting pretty good at the game, but she's not great at it quite yet. So <laughs> yeah. it's like the more challenging stuff. I was like, yeah, we'll come back to that later, and then I'll just do it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like you never know when the, like it's uh, someone's first Mario game, so they kind of have to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you and Ripley have played tons of Mario games, so it's not necessarily new for her either, but like yeah, you know, that's probably there are probably people who would think we're assholes for saying this game's not challenging. <laughs> There's probably a lot of people that struggle with it. No, you are. They they know. You, you, you know. 
We're assholes for different reasons. Just just for, for contrast, Mika has played a few levels uh, with me and with the both of us. Um, just earlier today, we were playing a few levels together. And Mika uh, plays a lot of, like, Minecraft on her tablet. So when it comes to, like, precision platforming, she's nowhere near as good as it Ripley is. And there were points where, like... Um, we're, we're playing through a level that has a, a particular challenge and she's like holding me back and she can like tell that I'm like on my side of the couch just like come on get it together and like I, I'm holding back and she'll like look at me and like see that I'm getting pressure she's like oh sorry and I'll have to like remind myself it's okay I can come back and do this level for real when I'm by myself. It's okay. Let's, let's, let's get, have fun and get through this. It's okay <laughs> that you keep... My, you're having fun with your child. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay that you keep dying. I'm always able to rescue you before you start burning all my lives. It's okay. You're, you're, you're probably just not hitting her hard enough. Uh, I, I do fairly hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you have a... Before we finish up for Mario here, do you have a go-to badge? you have one that you usually keep equipped? Go-to badge. Um, I just like the flutter hat one or whatever mm. it is, the one that gives you a little extra lift. I yep. unlocked the the big jump one, which has been situationally very useful. Um, gosh, that, what are the what are? I mean, I, I hardly ever cycle through them. Um, uh, there's the, the the kind of hookshot badge, which is pretty neat, but also mm-hmm. very situational. Um, oh, there's the per- perma dash one. The, the perma dash, which gets there's, you moving real quick. There, there is one. Oh, the dolphin, the dolphin kick one is essential for a couple of levels. I've found mm-hmm, for sure. There's one that, uh, like when you when you crouch down for a couple seconds, it'll spring you up and get you a higher jump than before. There's some com- fun uh, like yeah, yeah. challenge levels that uses that. But I think oh like, the the quick the quick wall like <laughs> lift yeah. one where you just kind of climb up on an edge if you're near the top of a platform. Yep. That one's actually also really, really useful, too. I, yeah, those are mostly the ones I've been cycling through, or either ones that help me stay in the air, get me in the air, or help me jump around a little better near ledges. I like the extra, like, spin jump. It gives you, like, not yeah. not like a double jump, like a 1.5 jump. Um, and that one's, like, super useful, especially when you get to the end of a level and you don't want to replay it again because you want to get the top of the flagpole. You're like, no, I'm going to guarantee I'm going to get this top of this flagpole. Because once I've found everything, I don't want to have to run through it just to get a flagpole. Oh, yeah, that that is funny. There have been a couple of levels where I get all three purple things, I'm getting all the wonder seeds, and I don't get I don't get the top of the flagpole. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, guess I'm replaying this whole fucking level to get a flagpole. <laughs> you know? And they, they, they haven't made any of that where I feel like the flagpole itself is the most difficult part of the challenge, mm-hmm. like, of the level. Um, almost all the flagpoles are relatively easy and you know you probably get most of them on your first attempt but there are a few that are like you accidentally destroy a thing mm-hmm. that's needed to get you up there or something like that yeah well, four times out of five like I'm way above the flagpole with this extra yeah, yeah, spin jump but I'm not risking it play oh, yeah, it safe absolutely yeah play it safe every time alright anything else about Mario I just want to harp on it again like this soundtrack fucking mm-hmm. slays this is a oh my god! I love the music of this game so so much. Yeah, um, real real good. <clears throat> especially tracks like the Petal Isles, just theme with the, you know, they're bringing back the what is that that steel pan sounds. Or the steel drum. And it's just this re- yeah yeah steel drum. It's really just gentle music um, all throughout. Really helps create the, and the sound the sound design is great too. Like you know when you do your down spat like I don't even talk about that but you do you do like your down 
slam or whatever, there's literally a cymbal crash that hits. Someone is literally at a drum kit making like hitting a cymbal crash. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of really really nice sound design throughout the game on top of a great soundtrack. Like, For sure. Yeah, this game this game is fantastic. This is a really, really good game. I just did have one other thing, and we'll we'll wrap it up for Mario here. Uh, on the original Super Mario Brothers for the NES or the the Famicom in Japan, there were five people credited in that game, including like Shigeru Miyamoto, Takashi Tezuka, Koji Kondo doing the music, and a couple of programmers whose names uh, forgive me, I can't remember. Um, but those five guys made the original Super Mario Brothers game, and those five guys credited on this game. 30, 38 years later, they still got those five guys making Mario games. Of course, with other people. But like that, that sort of shit doesn't happen. Not only with like video games, but any sort of like artistic media. You have five guys who made something together almost 40 years ago and then doing another one four decades later. It's crazy. It's really impressive. I think that, that this lands solidly in the A tier. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the Mario platforming. I think, it's, I think it works its way into the A. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll, just, see we'll see how it does on sales. We'll see how it does on sales. We'll see how it does on sales. I'm just kidding. This I thing is a through. S. <laughs> Ugh, the amount of those games that I went through, and so many people were just like, do you still have the Shadow Box? I'm like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the pre-order bonus? The yeah, I had 40 of those Shadow Boxes. What is a Shadow Box? I don't even understand what that means. It's uh, like I could show you for camera. It doesn't translate well for podcast, obviously. Oh, Wes has the I, swag. I bought it. Oh. Because I was gonna yeah. buy the game anyways, but I was gonna wait. I want this like Price is Right style. Can you do but like I was a like, nice, I might like, as well buy it now because I get the shadow box. I mean, obviously you weren't gonna wait for a sale. This game's never gonna go on sale. Yeah, exactly. I was just, I wasn't in a rush to get it because I'm playing so much Baldur's Gate and stuff. I had this game. I'll, I'll vamp for you for a second, Wes. I was I reserved this game at a local GameStop, not like a chain. It's just called Royal Empire uh, Gaming. Um, it's down the street from my house. And I had the game reserved, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, we usually get uh, the copies on release day. Just give us a call, like, around noon is when the shipment comes in. So I, I didn't want to be super annoying, so I gave him a call around 1. I was at work until 6.30 anyway. I gave him a call, and I was like, hey, did you get Mario Wonder? And he's like, oh, yeah, we sold them all. And I was like, oh, I had a, I had a copy reserved. Do you have, like, those set aside or something? I'm like, no. We sold them all, but I have another shipment coming in around six. Give me a call then, and I'll tell you if I got any more. I'm like, okay. So I, I, I didn't want to be super annoying, so I gave him a call back when I was like actually in my car on the way home from work a little after seven. I was like, hey, did you get any more? I was like, yep, I got it. I, I got it right here. I got your name on it to set aside. We're open until eight. I was like, cool. I'll be there in ten minutes. <laughs> nice. But Wes, well, I'm glad got- they came. They came through for you. Yeah, and thank you for showing that off, Wes. That does look pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's foam. It's it's nothing like fancy or anything. It'll hold it's up your amiibo foam. though. <laughs> I'll have no. I or or, I didn't or get your no amiibo. Your other little models. My other little models. I mean, I do have the um, from Scarlet Violet, the little three yeah. starter figure that they oh, okay. did. Oh, and for what too. it's worth, for what it's worth, John, you say they never go on sale. They literally just a week ago, I mean, two weeks ago, whenever they had the Amazon Prime deals, mm. like all I of the mainline. Mario they titles do, were discounted like twenty bucks. bucks. So it's like, do I want to wait a year for it possibly to go on sale for ten bucks off? You, like you also like, might find a buy two get one deal, which is the other good way to cash in on yeah, those are pretty sweet. Mario games. That's you know f- effectively thirty percent off if you can equally appreciate all three games that you're buying. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's Mario.
Hey everyone, John here, just cutting in to put a little bow on the discussion we just had for Mario Wonder. We don't really have an official show planned for this month, so I guess this one will kind of count as the official show. No real news to discuss or new game announcements that particularly stood out. So I think I'm just going to wrap this up with a short little overview of what is coming in November, because I think we, we pretty well covered a lot of the October games that we wanted to talk about after we've talked about Super Mario Brothers Wonder. The other two that really stood out in October was Wargroove 2, and I did talk about that one a couple of different times. I, I don't remember if the last time I talked about that when I had finished it, but I have since finished it, and I thought it was a really, really fun take on a tactics game much more akin to Advance Wars, something like an RPG tactical game like Fire Emblem. And I gave a pretty thorough breakdown of that one when uh, me and Ryan had a discussion about that a couple weeks back. But I, I really liked how the game was broken up into different campaigns. You're taking control of different factions. And there were a couple of missions, especially toward the end, that I really, really liked because like more so in Wargroove 2 than Wargroove 1 as far as my memory of Wargroove 1 goes they had you more about like uh, building out your army and taking control of territory from multiple angles and it really like gave you more freedom to think tactically and since it was you know they they eased up on the difficulty it was more enjoyable to actually like build up a base and build up an army and take over territory and kind of like have the freedom to toy with the enemy a little bit more rather than constantly having your back against the wall. Other than that, the other game, and actually it was at uh, the end of September, was uh, Cocoon was the other big one I was playing in October. Talked about that one a bunch. Really, really good game. Big thumbs up. And I also finished the Xenoblade 3 Future Redeemed DLC. Also, huge thumbs up. I didn't end up going for 100% because there were a couple of super bosses that, you know, I'm sure I could look up some some build specs on, you know, the, the best ways to approach those. But for me, after spending a lot of time with the game, it was time to move on because Mario was coming out. Really, really enjoyed everything out of uh, Xenoblade 3 DLC. Very, very good. Definitely worth a pickup. But just to kind of wrap up, the sort of official goings on for the month of October. We talk about things that are coming out in November. So, a quick preview there's a big lineup in November um, as far as like brand new games are concerned. Song of Nunu, that's like the League of Legends spin off game. That one is out on November 1st as an interesting looking one. Star Ocean Second Story is 100% on my list of things that I want to get to, but probably not until early next year when I do a deep dive into the Star Ocean series in general. And actually, surprisingly, this one is getting a physical release in North America. The remake of the first game, as far as I know, was digital only. So really cool that this one's getting a boxed copy. I'm really looking forward to this. I like what they're doing with the visual style as far as having like a lot of the... the I'm not 100% sure if the backgrounds are actually pre-rendered, but they look like a style of pre-rendered backgrounds and uh, high-fidelity pixel art. Really, really nice-looking game. Um, 
one of my more anticipated games that uh, I'll eventually get to. Fashion Dreamer is that uh, that fashion designing game that they showed at Nintendo Direct. Uh, I think in the, the June Direct is the one where they debuted that one, but they didn't really show much more of it in the September Direct, which is which is interesting. It's a I think it's a first party game. That one's on November third, along with WarioWare Move It on the same day. Double Dragon is getting a couple of games on November the 9th. Super Double Dragon and Double Dragon Advance. And, you know, Double Dragon, in my opinion, has always been a sort of, like, C-tier of beat-em-up games. Like, they're solid enough, but from what I've played of it, they're just kind of mechanically uh, basic and I don't entirely mean that in a pejorative sense. Like they function fine for what they're doing. They're just not very ambitious games in terms of asking you to do different things. When you think of like a lot of the other beat 'em up games that are coming out now, Shredder's Revenge and Streets of Rage 4, or River City Girls 2, there's a lot of like mechanical complexity to the things that they're asking you to do, especially in something like uh, uh, River City Girls and uh, Streets of Rage 4. They're very ambitious games uh, mechanically, whereas the Double Dragon series, even compared to its contemporaries, games like Final Fight or Streets of Rage, uh, it, it's very much like a, a cooperative experience of walk forward and punch. I think that's probably where uh, Double Dragon is enjoyed the most, is when you are playing with a friend in a cooperative mode. But moving over to Hogwarts Legacy, that game is coming out allegedly on Switch November 14th. A little late to be backing out now, so it looks like this is happening. And then Super Mario RPG is out November 17th. We've spent a lot of time on that game uh, already over the past few months since it was announced. Really looking forward to it. Looks really, really good. Um, again, the, the deluge, the, the, the steady deluge of rpgs continues on the switch and it's not going to let up anytime soon uh, i really liked this game i didn't play it back on the super nintendo the first experience i had through the, on this game was a uh, through an emulator back on uh, an old pc that i had back in high school so and it was uh, i really enjoyed it back then and since then i played it I think it was on the Wii U Virtual Console where they finally re-released it, if memory serves, and played through it on uh, on some sort of a digital service, whether it was on Wii U or otherwise. Um, very brisk game, really like, quickly paced, also very uh, short compared to a lot of other RPGs. Maybe not like compared to contemporary RPGs, because going back like Final Fantasy IV. Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI is probably like the largest in scope of all the the 16-bit RPGs, but none of them really take more than 25 hours to get through. So you know, this Super Mario RPG, I think you know the original Super Nintendo version was like a 15 or 20-hour game, so a bit shorter, more like the like a, like a Pokemon sort of length to it. If you're just playing the Critical Path, uh, of course, Pokemon, you know, the the gotta catch them all aspect of it adds a lot of gameplay there 
But anyway, I digress. Uh, really looking forward to a brisker RPG that I can get through in a couple of weeks rather than a couple of months. That one is a definite buy on day one, as is Persona 5 Tactica, which is out November 17th. I am just about done with the expanded content of Persona 5 Royale on Switch. And I've mentioned many times before, that I've been playing through that game over the entire course of 2023 after I burned out on a PS4. And I was I was planning on finishing up yesterday and today, but I've been hitting it pretty hard over the past few days, so I got a little burned out. And this is last dungeon, while not as long as some of the later dungeons in Persona 5 Royale, uh, I, I'm definitely feeling the length of it. So it took a couple of days off as a, as a breather and was hitting Mario Wonder pretty hard instead. But really looking forward to wrapping that one up and jumping into Persona 5 Tactica and revisiting all those characters that I've spent so much time with over the past year. Uh, and it, it looks to take a lot of fun pages out of the Mario Plus Rabbids book in terms of like being able to like, have this range of movement and different sorts of actions that you can take uh, using things like your your persona skills and guns and melee attacks and having to use cover and if you wait for a turn you'll charge up your next attack so i'm really looking forward to all of like the the cool tactics rpg stuff that this game looks like it's going to be offering definite definite day one by really looking forward to that one there's an interesting looking RPG coming out on the 20th that you know I'm not going to be able to get to right away, but I'm going to stick it on a wish list. It's called In Stars and Time. And the sort of general conceit, as I understand it, the setup for this game is that you are a adventuring party that at the very end of your RPG adventure. So, you know, you have your uh, leveled up characters and they have their skills and you have your party synergy and they're setting out to go to the final dungeon to take on the final boss and complete their quest. However, and as you're, you're going there, uh, an accident befalls the party and they're all killed. But time resets and one of the party members sort of retains the memory of what just happened before and then tries to avert the crisis the next time around and that's the the sort of um game that is is you're you're going through this cycle of okay something happened when trying to go through things reset and you have to go through again and you're you're learning more about the the game and the characters and the setting that you're in as you're repeating this process it's um uh the, what i've seen in the visuals it's a monochromatic game it's got a really interesting you know sort of you know better looking than a game boy game for sure but the the visual style reminds me of something you would have seen on a, a game boy or a game boy pocket so i it's, it's a really interesting looking game i added it to my wish list it's it's available for uh, the listing is available on the Switch eShop. I'm not sure if it's available for pre-order quite yet. But, yeah, it's it's a really interesting concept and one that I would look forward to getting to someday. But there's just way too many games. And last up on my list of games coming in November is a game called Wordless. This is a really interesting-looking um, sort of a platformer, action platformer, sort of a, a Metroid-style uh 
with, with a more of an emphasis on platform from from what it looks like and this one also has a, a listing on the eShop already for possible uh, pre-order but I really dig the visual style the sort of uh, saturated colors it's sort of the inverse of in stars and time and like the visual style where this is definitely going for like a high fidelity very colorful presentation um also also very like grim almost gothic art style to it really cool looking game one that's definitely worth keeping an eye on and you know maybe waiting for the schedule to clear up or for a price drop or something who knows lots of really cool stuff coming to the switch still in november 2023 and it's not going to slow down in december either and i don't think there is any slowing down with this console until you know maybe even after a successor comes out there are actually a couple of games that i'm starting to think might not release in 2023 and i'm 100% comfortable with that uh, games that are currently announced for this year but they're running out of calendar to use uh, games like star wars hunters that's one that i I don't particularly care because I've never really cared about the Star Wars franchise, but I know there are people who are really looking forward to that game. That I, I don't know that it's been officially delayed yet, but it seems like it's likely. And then also the Level 5 games that were announced for this year, Deca Police, as an interesting-looking uh, adventure RPG that was announced for this year, but it does not look like it's going to make it, and it might be for the best that this game gets pushed a bit, maybe even to like May or June, because of all of the the stuff that's being released for the Switch. And, and a game like uh, Fantasy Life I, that's another one announced for this year. Um, it looks like without a solid release date, it kind of seems like it's going to get delayed and it might be better for the game to get delayed into a time of year uh maybe uh, spring or summer where there's not as many things coming out so being able to to get some distance and be like the games that sort of bridge into a possible successor system we'll see what uh, nintendo announces over the next year or so to, to, to know what happens with the, the super switch or the switch 2 but yeah that's um that's gonna wrap this up so i guess it's sort of the official show but i'm gonna post this one and what i'm going to post after this is going to be the second half of the retro show so in the first half the show we posted last week was all of the tons and tons of video games that released in october of 2002 and then we have another two hours of podcasting that was all of the music and movies that were released in october of 2002 super busy month november is going to be another super busy busy month for the retro show it's probably going to be split into two very long episodes again for that one really really like then and especially in 2002 like this was the time of year to release everything but anyway I'm rambling, so a retro show, and then we'll start up the month of November with a Pokemon show, and that one's going to be a really fun one. I have this idea for for a draft. I want to do a draft of a Pokemon by route because we're coming up on Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire for the retro show so i want to do a run through of that game but with all of us trying to uh, use different pokemon but i want to like, be able to cast a wide net to be able to have a lot of pokemon available for each of us but it's sort of um 
go route by route or maybe like have like the, the person who's up next in the draft pick the route to pick the pokemon they want off of it and then everyone else gets to pick a different pokemon for that route to sort of go through until all the routes are covered and we will have tons and tons of pokemon to pick from but we will none of us will be using any of the same pokemon so we'll have a lot of different ones to talk about but sorry once again i am rambling uh that's it end of podcast